Big Bob Adams, Pittsburgh, yes, Pennsylvania, <laughs> in the house. That's it. Yeah. Oh, that man got a possible. I got it. All right, listen. You're the first man I've ever had on the podcast that legitimately yeah. has a true possum hide behind That's him. That's it. That's Why it. in the world do you have a possum hide? I got it. I know there's a story. <laughs> there's a tan possum hide on my wall. Uh, lot, most people that know me know John Chilzer, my uncle. He's the one that got me into kind of raccoon hunting. And uh, um, so he had a dog that was training a bunch of possums. And uh, an older dog that that we had had problems all our life trim possum. And we, we tried everything, you know, every method under the sun to, to break the dog. So he figured he's going to go, uh, on F and T, uh, trading post, the, the guy, the, the trappers or whatever. And he ordered a tan possum hide and some scent, which I could find, I got the bottle of scent somewhere around here too, some possum scent. And what he's going to do is he's going to put a, a mouse trap inside the hide, squirt scent on it, and then walk that dog up. And when the dog smelled the the possum, it, it would skip. Yeah, and uh, that was he. He was always going to reinvent the wheel. You know, that, that's how he was going to break that dog. And and uh, when he passed away, I got his truck and I found that in his truck. So I hung it up oh, on the man. wall. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he was a mentor to you. Absolutely, yeah. 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 And what was his full name? Uh John Joseph Chilzer. Okay. Uh, how many years did, did you hunt with him? Twenty. Ah. Twenty years. Yeah. He um he started hunting in the sixties. He uh he had some dogs that just him and a couple buddies from around here, the the Monongahela Valley area, they had dogs and uh they were not very good you know they if they trade one per, per one per week he was happy they yeah. trade possums and ran deer and whatever but them boys they, they they stayed out all night and campfires and everything else well then he uh i think he said he was he ate like 16 years old and uh you know this was back in like like the 60s and and he and he met up with fred moran the redbone man and uh fred had a half blind Blind in one eye, can't see out the other red bone female named Penny. <laughs> and uh and he sold him that dog for like like seventy five dollars or something. And and that dog treed treed raccoons. And uh and that 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 was where he switched from I'm gonna have a tree dog for the rest of my life was right that moment when he was sixteen. Then yeah. he was in uh he's a Vietnam vet and he came home and he, you know, he stopped hunting and everything. And, and he, he got married to my aunt, Terry. And one day they went out and, and they bought him a puppy. And he got back into it then. He got back with Fred and, and, and he ended up with a red bone. He was going to trade that red bone for, well, he ended up with a walker dog. Fred told him about, buy this walker dog. It's got the, a crazy mouth. Uh, yeah, you know, so he went and got this walker dog. And the dog was out of uh, Knob Creek Lead. And uh, Knob Creek Lead was out of Finley River Chief. Finley River Chief was out of Shetler Sunny Boy. So he got this dog out of Knob Creek Lead. Well, that was he, good bloodlines. Oh yeah, and I'm still still hunting that bloodline to th today. I'm still hunting that bloodline today. Uh, like ten generations 
But he, but Fred told him, you're going to trade that dog, go buy that dog, and you're going to trade that dog for this red bone. You know, there was this red bone that was supposed to be real, real good. So he drove, met the guy, paid him for the dog, and he was driving home to, to trade the walker dog for the red dog. And his buddy said, man, you ought to hunt, take that dog hunting for you, for you trade that dog. Right. And he said, well, maybe I will. So he took him hunting and he was all right. And he had, uh, you know, people around here still to this day, this was, that was back in the seventies. And, and the older guys around here still to this day tell me, you know, you never heard a louder dog in your life than Chilzer's lead. Wow. And, uh, that's, that's where he switched from red dogs to walker dogs. And still today, I'm still, you know, keeping that bloodline going. Now, what kind of turned you on to the walkers? I mean, really him. Yeah. Him. Yeah. Uh, it, I I I was twelve when I started. We started around eight. the same age. You and I did. Yeah, yeah. you and I have have a kind of a similar story because you know your dad and you know you told me the other day. My you know, in your mind, your dad's a legend. In my mind, you yeah. know Uncle John. He you know he's a legend. And uh, I was eight years old the first time I ever went hunting. And my uncle always joked that you know I was a little sissy. I was I was about two hundred and seventy pound sissy. At the age of, at the age of eight, I was big and uh, big Bob. He, he, oh, I'm big boy. <laughs> <laughs> so he he'd be walking through the woods, and if he would stop, I'd right into the back of his behind end, and uh, he'd say, "Go get that dog, boy." Go get I, I'd see a house a mile through the woods. I'd see a a, a, a light. I'd say, "No, no, there's don't come get me." Or if we'd leave the woods, if there was a car behind us, I'd think they were following us. Like I, it, <laughs> he said, "I'm not gonna." take you hunting anymore until you grow up a little bit see my that was i was eight my dad died when i was seven when i turned 12 he started you know get me back in the woods a little bit and uh that's kind of where like uncle john more became more like dad at that yeah. you know i we spent every night together i quit football for for, for raccoon hunting yeah you know I, I i was playing football and everything i quit i just wanted to be with his dogs first hunt i ever went to uh, uh, let's see, that was in 2003. I went to the Pennsylvania Youth State Championship in Louisville and with Old Pepper. And, uh, I got, I think I got fifth place or something. And I, I came home from, my uncle brought me home that night, like 2.30 in the morning. My mother was sitting on the couch waiting for me to walk in the door. She couldn't sleep. And, uh, I walked in the door with that little trophy and she started crying and everything. But I was oh. hooked. And the dogs, man, uh, I love to listen to the dogs. You know, I I go out and he he'd pick me up every day after school if I wanted him to. And he got into poker tournaments, and uh, so he'd go to the poker tournament. And he dropped me off the house. I couldn't drive yet, but there was a giant hill across the road from his house. And you walk up there. I I'd go get the dog, and I'd walk up there. It'd take me forty five minutes, and I'd I'd hunt. And uh, my favorite story from that time is there was a, a big raccoon contest in Washington and uh, Pennsylvania at the Keystone uh, Club there. And my uncle was at the Otters Club, a little local club here. He said, I said, well, I want to go to that contest. And he said, well, go hunting up above the house there. And if you get a big one, call me and I'll leave the poker tournament to come take you out there and get that thing weighed. But don't you call me for a little for a little one, because I thought every one was the biggest one. That, you know, they're all big, they're huge. So I I go get an old pepper. She's like twelve years old, 
I tell you, I walk up there. She trees in a pine tree. I got a little single shot 22 that he's got orange tape wrapped around because I keep losing it. So he put reflective tape around this little single shot gun because, you know, we'd go up there and the, I'd lose it yeah. at least once a month. And we'd go up there with the lights and shine the lights. And when you see it reflecting, oh, there's Bobby's gun. So I'll go up with that little gun and that dog. And she trees in a pine tree. And I look up and I see eyes. I start shooting. I'll probably shoot at least 30 times. I get it. It comes down. And this thing, like, you ever seen him hit the ground and you just see the fat roll off of him and you're like, whoa, there it is, you know? Right. I think I was like, I was 15, you know, and I, I'm calling him. I had a little flip phone, cell phone. I'm calling him, come get me. I got him. I got him. Bobby, I'm telling you right now, if that is not the biggest raccoon I ever saw in my life, I'm going to be mad. I'm winning this poker. I said, we're going to win the contest. Come get me. So he does. He comes and gets me. He said, let me see this great animal. I take it out. I throw it down. He goes, go in the truck. Let's go. And uh, where we went, and, and we won that thing. It, it was 26 pounds. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 26 pounds. Wow. Uh, and we won the whole thing. I got that. I was a 15-year-old kid. Wow. Yeah. I walked, wow. I walked about 40 minutes to hunt for him, and I walked 40 minutes back with him in the game bag. Yep. Oh, man. <laughs> that's, that's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. You yeah. know what's nice about that is, and that's that's what I really wanted to talk about with folks, you know, and that's why I started this podcast is, Raccoon hunting is, it, it can be such a, a wonderful sport and it can be so rewarding. Yeah. Uh, the bond you get between these animals and, and these hounds and how much we respect the raccoon as well. I mean, there, there's some, you know, I pull up to some spots and I'm like, well, there's, there's James there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they're all sitting there waiting on them. I train my puppies on them and I really don't ever bother them and we yeah, take they care of them. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. and then, Unfortunately, you know, it's like any other animal out there. They're, they're also a, a, a varmint, you know, and, yeah. and that they're, they'll go out and they'll absolutely wreak havoc on crops. And, yeah. and, you know, there's a lot of folks that depend on folks like us to come yeah. out there and, and help with that. And so, you know, speaking of folks like us, I, I, I really want to talk to you about something. You, you got a little dog off my dad. Yeah. And you have a really cool story. And, I didn't want to, yeah. you and I started talking about it the other night and I kind of cut you off. I was like, don't tell me all of it. You know, I want to really yeah. hear it because I, it was at the same time that, and I didn't tell you this, uh, it was at the same time that I had one out of the litter and my buddy okay. had it. And so <laughs> it, it's, it was a really special litter we've had some amazing dogs out of that cross and, and to know that that you have something that you have and I'm going to let everybody, I'm going to let you explain what you have and uh, yeah. some of the accomplishments you've come across. And ladies and gentlemen, this dog's name's Jax. And I'm going to tell yeah. you something, Mr. Bob Adams here. He's not going to lie to you and he's going to tell you exactly what kind of dog he is, but you've done a little winning now, hadn't you? A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. Uh, last year did some winning PKC with him. Uh, we, we went and, I think I went to four PKC hunts and he won all four of them. I, I had no plans to run for a truck hunt or any of that. And I went and won four casts in a row with him. And I thought, well, if I win two more, I might, you know, I might 
try try to go for this, and I did. So then I started driving all over the place, going to Ohio, West Virginia, drove like Fremont, West Virginia one night, uh, New Philadelphia, Ohio, hunting them unbelievable mountain over there it was ridiculous but i went to 16 hunts with him in the month of april and he won 13 casts oh. in that month 13 out of 16 and i almost ruined the dog i took him to too many he started at uh into may we went into a drought I, well through april he did he did well real well at the end of April, he started, like, standing at your feet a little bit or acting kind of like, I don't know. He just wasn't acting himself. Like went to hunt. Yeah, I went to hunt on May 1st with him and won the hunt on a coin flip. We never had a bark. It was a four-dog cast. We never had a bark. We went back to the club, and we, we flipped the coin up in the air, and all four guys said what they said. Came down the two of us, we flipped it again, and I and I won on a coin flip, PKC. And that was the last hunt that dog won, or I won, even, because I had other dogs, too. And that was the last one until, like, September. I didn't quit. I kept going. I kept, you know, and, and but I, I quit taking him, and that was the best thing for that dog. I, I just, I took him out on hunts, and, because he was only two years old. I took him out of hunts. I just kept hunting him on his own, hunting him on his own, and then and now he's back. He's been back. And uh, but yeah, we went to the track hunt in Arkansas. Uh, nationals. He had a national ticket, uh, state ticket, um, super stakes. He's uh, he's qualified for all three super stakes in his first year. So I never had like I don't have to win the hundred dollars, you know, anymore. It's just he he could go to him. Yeah. Um, he's night champion. He's got uh, four wins, I need, and they're all this year. I need one more for to, to be able to go to um, the tournament again. And uh, he's got he's bow legged in the back, but he's got a, a, a class and breed on the bench show. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah. Won, he won. A, he won a field trial. I'll let my daughter put him in a field trial. She loves that stuff, but I won't do that anymore. Uh, she just puts. I put the old female in now with that because if my yeah. uncle John saw me putting putting a young dog in a field trial, he'd kick my ass. Man. My, <laughs> my daddy, have... my daddy, tan my hide, son. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's what yeah. about it. So, how did you come yeah. across him, Jax? Yeah. I uh, was at Automokes. I took my uncle John had a female that that possum dog, hell of a nice coonhound, one of the better you know coonhounds ever. But when she got on that possum kick. I took her to the to hunt in the dual champions and the grands on Friday, and then I took my female lady Saturday to hunt. And uh, so I hunted Thursday in the in the duels, Friday in the grands, and Saturday night champ. I get there Thursday. I uh, went. With, I took my father in law. It was the first hunt he'd ever been to, and we're camping in a tent. I since have got a pop up camper. But uh, <laughs> I was gonna ask you how the tent yeah. worked out. <laughs> it did, I didn't care for it. I'd probably rather <laughs> slept in a in a truck and had my tent set up. I had to walk past all the campers to get to the the building. Joe Moore. I don't know if you know Joe. I do. But I do. Nice he, guy. He was showing dogs, and I wanted to go over and and, and watch him. And I, I walked past his pen of puppies, and I just stopped to look at the puppies. And this puppy comes up to me. I'm petting him and playing with him, everything. 
I don't think anything. I walk away. So I go watch the show. The duel thing started, and they, I went and signed up for it. I paid like sixty bucks. I had really no idea what like what I was really hunting in, but I just wanted to hunt, and I didn't want to go to one of them slams anyway. So right. Uh, so I go out. I hunted against uh, Chad Mans, the one of them dirty dogs he has, and yeah. well, he ended up he ended up winning automotes with that dog. I think he won. He might have won a world hunt or he won a big hunt with him. I know that. Yeah. Yeah, but I hunted against that dog, and he was all right. And I hunted against two other nice male dogs. One one was from a guy that Chad actually hunted with from West Virginia, and uh, Fly One. Her toenails were about that long. I bring her back. I call my uncle. I'm like, hey, I want my cast. You know, he's like, for what? I said, oh, I, I'm hunted, I hunted in automotes, you know, and, and everything. He's like, you hunted in that champion thing? I was like, yeah. He's like, Bobby, that dog ain't can't be in a champion thing so i had to cut her toenails give her a bath and then i went over and i found joe i said hey man can you show this dog he's like yeah i'll show the dog well so i come back from that that dual champion about two like two two thirty in the morning i go to walk past that pen full of puppies and that same little puppy two o'clock in the morning there he is so i stop i'm you know i'm reaching through and patting him talking to him and everything that was thursday friday during the day Go, you know, go walk past, go walk around, look, buy stuff, whatever. There's that little puppy. And they even, I did see they threw food down outside of the pen. And that little dog was trying to get that food. And, oh, oh, oh. I was like, yeah, okay. He wanted so, that food. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, the, 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 the little eight-week-old puppy dog, I was like, man, he's all right. He's loud a little. I pet him, you know, whatever. I walked away. Each time... You know, to make to make the long story of it short, each time I walked past that that pen, I played with that dog. He come up to me and meet him. I had my father-in-law there. We had a little campsite, you know. I'm over there sitting there talking to him, and I said, "Man, this little dog over there, he's like calling me, man. Like I, I've never bought a puppy. Wait, I've you always, never you've never bought a puppy? I never bought a puppy ever. Oh no, I, one pup I technically bought the dog, but the dog was out of my dog, uh, in a, in a buddy's dog. Uh, but no, every, every puppy I've ever had in my whole life has been from my uncle John's dog or our, our dogs together. I've never, ever, ever, ever outsourced a puppy in my life. Ever. Not wow. Once. Here's She's fine. She's fine. Hello. How are you? She's the little field trial girl in the bench uh, show. <laughs> I heard that you've done a field trial with Jax. There you go. <laughs> can you hear? Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah. I heard you done a field trial with Jax, didn't you? Yeah. Oh. Uh-huh. Yeah, Good job. Uh-huh. <laughs> Whoa. And what is her name? Julie. Oh. I'm telling my father-in-law, this little dog keeps coming up to me. It's like, feels like he's choosing me, you know, and I'm like, but I've never bought a puppy. I don't need puppies. I'm getting ready to breed thunder to lady. Get my own puppies. I don't. I don't need to do something. He says, "Go buy that puppy. I'll buy him for you. If you don't want to spend the money on a dog, I'll buy him for you." He said, "Go ahead over as long as it's reasonable, you know, price or everything." I go over. I'm, you know, I meet the guy. I said, "How much you want for that puppy right there?" He's like, "This, this pup, that pup's out of a world champion, 2000, I think 2018 CHKC world champion." track man female and i was like man all i want to know is how much you want for that puppy that puppy <laughs> chose me 
He says, I'll take $500. I said, my father-in-law's buying it for me. I ain't going to spend $500 of his money. I said, I ain't buying that. It's too much for me, man. Hell of a nice pup, but I'm sorry. He goes, you know, I got every one of these pups in this in this pen sold. I'm from Florida. I don't want to drive one puppy back with me. And I looked in, every one of them dogs had a collar on except him. And he says, what do you think about 300? I said, is he super steak? He said, he's super steak, and I got the papers here. I said, go get the papers. I'll go get the money. I went over and see old, my father-in-law, and I said, hey, now I need 300 bucks. He's going to sell me that pup. <laughs> and that's how I got him. That was your dad. That was my that dad. Was my, that was your dad. And Spider was there. He was he yeah. he was at on the ground, and uh, and I got that pie. I said, "Can he stay in there till tomorrow? Because I'm going hunting tonight. I'm going to hunt in the hunt." And he said, "Yeah." And I was so excited I got that puppy that I went home. I didn't hunt Saturday night, lady. I oh, just man. went home. I wanted that pup. I, I said, "I'm just taking this puppy home." I got my father-in-law sleeping in a tent. He's telling me his back's hurting. Well, I'm cooking eggs on a Coleman grill. Let's go home. We got this puppy. Let's just go home. So oh, we, we went home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I drove four hours home from Richmond to Van Voorhis, Pennsylvania. And I had that, I put that dog in, in the dog box with old fly. It, I, I, they might have been a little older than they might have been 10 weeks or, or 12. I, I can't remember. But that dog never, never went to the bathroom, never threw up, nothing. I'd stop and get gas. I'd look in that dog box. He'd be sleeping. I said, man, he's nice. Bring him home, bring him in the house. Never goes to the bathroom in the house. Plays with my daughter, you know, cute little puppy. I went to a, a, a hunting camp that my buddy has in Bedford County, and, and my father-in-law went. And that was the first time. He's never been to any kind of hunting before until I, until I come around. Now he wants to, you know, he's buying guns and wants me to take him hunting and, and everything. My wife calls me she says your dog's not moving he's in his kennel uh, he, i have a big oversized kennel in the basement if i have a puppy i raise him in the house you know she says he's in his kennel and he's not moving oh, i no. said we'll take him to the take him to the vet he's five he was five months old so she takes him to the vet emergency vet and then covid was real bad at this time and so she had to sit sit out in the car they wouldn't you weren't allowed to, to bring the animal in they, you sit out in the car with a mask on, they come out and, you know, check his temperature and everything. He had a real high fever. And what he got diagnosed with, which I could ask her, I can't really remember, but it was a, it's a growth, like a growth, growing disorder where the dog grows, starts growing and he's growing too fast and the growth plate can't keep up with it and it gets inflamed and then infected. Right. And like, he, like he a rickets. Something, something like yeah. that. It wasn't yeah. rickets, but yeah, it's something, along something similar that. to that. That's why his back legs are like that. But it doesn't slow him down. She said, they come out to the car. They took some blood. And it's going to be $1,000 to fix him. Five-month-old puppy. said, if you're asking me not to spend $1,000 on this dog, you're out of your mind. We're saving him. I was like, no, no, save him. I'm not telling you that. I want, no, I want to save him. I just can't believe this is happening, you know? Right. So she pays them, to, and, and they fix him up. They put him on medicine, you know, a couple days. The dog's jumping around, eating. So now he's now he's about six months, seven months old. And I show him his first raccoon, and uh, nothing. He, he has no interest in raccoons at all. That goes on for a few months. I thought, well, I'm going to let this dog grow up, you know, maybe. I'd give him to be about 10 months old. 
I'm hunting. I'm taking them out hunting with the old dogs. They're training raccoons everywhere. He's showing no interest. But what I am noticing about him is I'm walking to my dog, which maybe treats seven, 800 yards through this woods. I'm looking down to Garmin and that puppy is 500 yards over here. Mm. He's not doing nothing. He's not saying nothing, but he's over there. I'm like, huh, this dog ever does do something. He's going to do this on his, on his own. You know, he's, he's, he's doing his own thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that goes on for a while. Nothing. Then finally, so I, I, I get one in a live trap. And, there you uh, go. and they, go they, work, they work in the right circumstances. Yeah, they do. And they also don't. But in this case, with this, with this dog, it's why he's still here. <laughs> Because yep. I go out in that field, I tied him up to, there's a fence post out in that field where every time I do this with a dog, that's where I go. I tie that dog to that fence post. Well, I take him out, I flip the trap over, takes off across the field right in front of his face. He sees it run, sees it cross the field, and he just goes nuts. Like it's running away from him and he wants it bad. That big mouth. Oh, you know. Ooh, you know. I'm, only, I'm trying to. I'm trying to turn him loose, but I can't get to him because I'm like, oh, my, you know, I flip that dog loose. It, it hit the woods. He's run across that field, and he treated. After that day, he never looked back. You know, he just got better and better and better and better. One of the most immature dogs in the whole wide world until he was, like, like two. I Like, I kept waiting on him to grow up. Like, you know, I'd go to the hunts, and I'd have to spend the first five, ten minutes of a hunt like biting my lip because I just want to scream at this dog because he's trying to play and with the other dogs and he's just like get out of here man but uh not all I try to tell folks and I mean it's no lie with with this line of dogs they are late late bloomers I mean they Chad is is a two-year-old and he still acts at times like a big puppy and it's yeah. like, dude, <laughs> grow up a little bit, you know, but yeah. I enjoy him. You know, you can have fun with him. That like big old Google, oh, yeah. you know, and one thing I like about him and you're, you're probably experiencing the same thing is they're one man dog. Absolutely. 100%. Um, and one thing I, I say about these hounds is, is there, it takes a certain type of person to hunt one of these hounds, because in my opinion, uh, you have to be dedicated to one of these hounds. Uh, right. These dogs, they, they take a lot of attention. Uh, they take a lot of hunting. And when they turn it on, you got to pour it to them. Yeah. You know, and, yep. and I learned real quick, you know, if I ever messed up, you know, in, in my training, it reflected real fast on them. And that showed how much brain that those dogs 100%. really had, you know. And, and that yep. was something about spider. When you talk about spider, I noticed I watched that dog tree raccoons behind dogs in major big hunts behind very nice dogs i watched him one night tree a raccoon we were hunting against i think it was the willie dog whatever it was the world champion it was two world champions in one cast and we went out there and we had a crowd buddy daddy was handling spider i cut loose long story short spider went out there got treated fairly fast uh went in there scored him he had a raccoon up a pretty big size tree you know yeah, he was split from another dog about fifteen yards away. That dog was plussed up, had a raccoon. So we're like, "All right, it's game on." You know, it's good cast to start it off like that. So we walk her a minute, and 
We recut, Spider rolls out, makes a big loop, and all of a sudden, but Dad and I both go, oh, no. Because Spider, every great now and again, would go back to a tree. Yeah. That dog went all the way back to where he treed, went over one tree. The raccoon came down the tree, went up the the tree right next to it. Spider treated the same life on the cast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And we ended up winning it. Yeah, we yeah. ended up winning it. And the, everybody on the cast died laughing. They said, man, if that's not luck. That's luck. <laughs> yes, sir. But that's what's cool about these dogs. I mean, they have noses. They have hunt. But if you're in any way mean to them, they will shut down. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. 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 He, that's one he, thing I like about these hounds here. It, this, this, this line really, if a dog comes in there and gets rough with them, they just want no part of it. Yeah. And that's one yeah. thing I respect about these hounds, and that's why I hunt them, is I don't like a fight in a dog. Like I say, oh, no, I want my no. dog to stare at the tree, and I want him to stand his ground. Well, you know what? Standing your ground can also get you hurt. You yeah, know? and it can turn you rough, too. Like, there's a there's quite a few dogs around this way that, that went most of their life not, you know, being the same way. They don't want to fight. They don't want any problems. They just want to be on a tree and then you know dogs come in on them or whatever and then they fight back and they win that fight now now they got the grudge now they're the, like now they're the, you know and uh i don't want that um Jax has only ever had one experience with a fight and it was a dog that come in on him he treated the raccoon uh dog come in on him and 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 got on him pretty good and he just he knew he went and come about two trees over and, and just treed there cost me the cast, but I'd rather lose a cast. And, you know, cause I got, cause I got minus for my dog leaving and that dog got plus for, you know, training, getting on, on my tree, but cost me one $35 cast instead of, you know, getting a dog tour. You know, that's exactly so, right. Or, or picking up a bad habit. Picking up a bad habit. And then that's I took them. Exactly. I took him with, I got a young, a young male dog here out of my, my stuff and he'll cover, you know, cause Jack's won't cover. And, uh, but this dog will cover. If there's nothing else going on, he'll cover. So I wanted to see, and this dog Jack's a tree bad. And, uh, I just wanted to see, and I took him in and, and, you know, Jack's got on the tree and I basically walked that dog in there and, and he went in and got on the tree and just jumping Jack and landed on Jack's, he even knocked him over one time. I mean, about two times bigger than him. Because Jackson's a pretty small dog, and uh, it, it there was nothing, you know. So I, I did worry after that because that was maybe the third time that he was on a tree with another dog in his life. Right. So I didn't, I didn't honestly know, you know, what's what's he going to do, you know? Because it's just it's now, very rare that you ever find him treed with something else. Now, do you hunt him solo a lot? Almost always, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. that's 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 what's changed about the way I do things. I hunt solo a lot. I hunt my, especially when I'm really starting to tune them in. Uh, that's what I'm doing with over the past year with Cheddar. I really been hunting him solo, and boy, he's been shining. I mean, that's, yeah. that's they they really start figuring it out. They're not worried about the other dogs now. Something I will do, and this is a little piece of training advice that I'll tell everybody something I do is I have a dog here at the house that I just, he's just an old pleasure dog. That is just my buddy. Uh, but he barks in the box. And yeah. so something you can do, if you don't have a dog that backs, 
and you want to try to see if your dog's going to come off of trees and stuff, you can go cut your dog, leave that dog in a box, walk out, let that dog in a box bark his little head off. Leave him alone. Let your dog go on and hunt. If your dog starts going back to that dog, that's when you know you need to do your homework to start, to start fixing, you know? Yeah. Uh, and it, it works. Well, there, yeah, actually, I had a dog that I was hunting a young dog, and he was treed. And my uncle and a buddy of his pulled into the parking spot where I was parked behind my truck. And they had dogs in the truck. And when those dogs started barking... And that dog left that tree and went went to them guys. Yeah. The, the ironic part about that is that I gave that, that dog was like, I don't know, seven, eight months old when that happened. He was a young dog. I ended up giving him to the guy. And, you know, years later, that's the dog that took my dog off the tree. Man, <laughs> 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 funny how the world goes around, isn't it? It is. It is. Oh, but, man. uh, like, I'll hunt, take two dogs. I just did it two nights ago. And I'll turn one loose and, and get him on a track or whatever. He could even be treed. And you could take jacks out of the truck 200 yards from a dog that's treed and turn him loose. And I and he's going the other way. He's not going there. Um, in that tournament of champions, he won the cast. Uh, the sa- Saturday night, the cast he won. He treed a uh, raccoon. And there was another dog that was only maybe 40 yards or so split tree from him, a female. And I said, you know, I pulled him off the tree. Well, and I said, hey, man, UKC, I, I could turn loose, like, right away, right? He's like, yeah, man, but you want to turn loose right next to this tree? I said, oh, yeah. I said, am I loud? He said, yeah, turn him loose. I said, okay. And the way he went, he was gone. Yeah. And I, I just knew he wasn't going in there, you know, and – uh and I love that. That that's- I'm telling you that that feature. I call it. The, I call that if you can put that built-in feature into them. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. That's that, that's built in. You can't train that. You cannot train that. That that is built in. That is genetics, and that is good training as well. I mean, that that's backing up a good feature. You you learned from a gentleman that meant a lot to you, and yeah. Mister Mister Chilzers, he meant a lot to you. Tell me something. That you really, really learned from him. Oh man, um, I, I know there's going to be a lot, but I know that there's going to be some key things that stick with you to this day. That you're like, man, I remember when he taught me that. Well, he he taught me a lot about uh, being in the woods, being a man. Two things that come just like jump out at me. He taught me how to drive, and my wife will tell you. <laughs> He didn't teach me how to drive, <laughs> but uh, no. What really jumps out at me is, is when he when he first came into my life, like for real. He'd always been a part of my life. He's my my mom's brother. But when he really like when he first came into my life, I was um, I was giving my mother uh, a run for her money. But put it to say, I was like getting into trouble at school and, and you know getting in fights and, and everything and. Uh, my uncle John came and picked me up one time. I was in a fight in school and I got suspended and it was happening a lot. And, and, you know, and, um, he came and picked me up and on the way home, he was telling me, you know, he feels like he created this monster. Cause he, first of all, he taught me how to do it, but I'm taking it too far and everything. And he's telling me, Hey, uh, you're not, you know, there's always gonna be somebody bigger and better than you. You need, you need to quit this. This isn't, you know, 
this isn't the way to, you know, you want to be. And well, I've heard thousands of stories about him in the seventies, you know, whooping ass. And uh, everybody knows, you know, he's the toughest dude around. So I, I won, you know, I thought that was cool or whatever. So he says, uh, I said, I am tough. I am bad. I'm the baddest. I am bad. You know, whatever. He says, I'll tell you what, boy. We pull up in that driveway. I'll give it, you get out of that truck. He says, you, you, I'll give you one chance. You put me down. I'll give you a hundred dollar bill. I said, easy money. Let's do it. I get out of that truck. I turn around, walk around the front of that little, little green Ford Ranger. Come around there thinking and whap and down I went. And I looked up at him, I was stars, and I said, he goes, I never said I couldn't get you first, boy. He said, you're not the biggest and bad. <laughs> so that's one. Uh, and then he taught me how to, uh, another thing that stands out uh, immediately is, is is he taught me how to, to talk in front of women and, uh, and how to not talk in front of women. He's always very polite, man. He didn't cuss. Uh, I don't know. He was just—he was just known for for being somebody who 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 respectfully talked to everybody. He taught me how to be a good sportsman. You know, I'm 13, 14 year old kid, and and I'm hunting with with grown men, and 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 he'd always get you know comments after the hunt like, "Oh wow, what a polite young man!" Or finding people's raccoons in in the hunt, which drives my wife nuts. She's like, "Stop it." Stop finding everybody else's eyeballs. Why are you doing that? Nobody finds yours. Why do you do that? You don't have to, you know. So I'm good at it. And and, and the dog deserve it. Or, you know, well, we just had this conversation. She's like, no, that's like a, an advantage for you. Like, they can't find it. You can. So you find yours. You don't find theirs. You win. I said, yeah, I guess you could think of it that way. But Uncle John put it into me from... 13 till 30, be a sportsman. Find find their raccoon for them. Find their eyeball. If your dog leaves, minus them. You know, I've minus dogs off off the Garmin before, Jason. The dog's a mile away, and and I minused it. You know, it's just uh, that is probably my my proudest from, from Uncle John is that is that I don't feel, you know, I'm sure everybody has somebody that, that thinks they screwed them over or anything, but I really don't think that that there's anybody out there who's going around telling you, you know, Bobby screwed me over. I think people like to hunt with me, and, and, and they feel like they're they're getting a fair chance when they're hunting with me, and I, I, I take pride in that, and, and that that's 100% John Chilzer. That's where it came from. He yeah. brought me up that way. Man, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, and that's something to be proud of, you know, and, you know, and something my dad told, told me and something I learned the hard way. I, I came back about five, four or five years ago, had a, had a pretty nice little dog and I was really excited. Come hot out of the gate, you know, Mr. Hotshot feeling, feeling good. Cause I had a nice dog and I ended up judging a cast one night and I minus the man and my daddy looked at me in the woods and he said, you better own up that. You better yeah. own up to that. He said, that wasn't right. I went home and I thought about it and I owned up to it. I called the man and I apologized. And I tell you what, from this, from that day on, him and I have been friends. We've drawn out together. We've had great hunt together, but it was yeah. a good learning lesson for myself 
it was a good learning lesson. My daddy being there, I embarrassed yeah. my dad. I was one of my daddy's friends, and I embarrassed. And you don't, you know, your name's everything. Yeah. You're born with this name, and you leave with this name, Bob. The time you live is what you make out of it. And, yeah. and so I think it's real important. You know, I'm not preaching that I'm a perfect man because I have many faults in life. I can tell you that. But if there's one That's thing about it. Absolutely. But if there's one thing about it, Bob, I'm going to be honest. And I'm honest almost to a fault. But you know what? You know where you stand with me. Yeah. It's just that simple. You know, so you should take great pride in having respect around women. That hits home when you say that. I'll just, I'll just tell you that. That hits home when you yeah. say that. Because respecting a woman's a big deal. It yeah. really is. It really is. So now what is, let's talk hounds. Let's talk hounds. You yeah. tell me, yeah. you tell me one thing right now. How in the world, this is probably one of the most generated questions I get in my emails. How okay. in the world do you break a dog off of trash? I've never ever, this is the honest to God truth. I've never had to break a dog off a deer. I've never had the deer run it. Um, I can't tell you the best way to break a dog off a possum because I've had three of my best dogs. Uh, one of them's out there right now, and she's hopefully going to have a belly full of Jack's puppies. And I think I got her broke. They love them. Yeah. <laughs> they just love them. I don't. Yeah. I think they run. I think they run up the tree right in front of their face, and they can't. There's so much tree dog in there that they just they can't turn it down. That dog I was telling you about earlier, fly, uh, possum dog, man, all her life. You know, I even I sold her to after my uncle passed away. I sold her to one of my uncle's best friends ever, and he says, "Oh, she treats for me all the time, baby." But she's after these possums. But with the possum, I just I think. The best thing to do is to get the dog away from the tree. Don't let them, you know, hear a gunshot or don't let any of that because, you know, at least my dogs anyway, they hear the gunshot and that means it's good. That what we're doing is, is a good thing. It's a so I get them, yeah, I get them as far away from the tree as possible. And then, you know, I, I correct them uh, away from the tree. Deer, I, I honestly, I never had to break a dog from deer. Uh, uh, but the best dog that I think I ever had was Iron Eagle. And a lot of guys around here will say, oh, yeah, Bobby and Eagle. And that's the one I had when I was a kid. And that dog loved to run a fox. I mean, had no quit. Had all the heart in the world. You know, you take him in the, down in Ohio and in and, and flat cornfields, and he'd get on a red fox, and that's it. You're just you going to be there. <laughs> He's gonna be there. <laughs> what we did with that was my uncle John got bought a uh, a bottle of fox pee, red fox pee or scent, whatever, and squirted it all over. We got out of the truck. He squirted all over, and that dog got out of the truck. And then he just he hit him a few times with a uh, toner and a shocker, and that that was it. You knew when the dog, you knew when there was a fox around because he came into you and acted scared of that yeah. scent and that that was about you know pretty easy but as far as deer i know uh guy mike mike kennedy had a, a dog that he bought a lot of years ago and that he called her ruby and she just couldn't pass a deer up she she couldn't and uh so my uncle john said one time you know drive that drive down the road until you see a herd of deer out in the field and just turn that dog loose and when she goes and running them just shock her 
And uh, I don't know, that might that might work. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, something I do. Uh, I hunt a lot of watermelon fields, and watermelon fields, boy, those deer they will terrorize watermelon fields. And what I what I done with Chetta, and I didn't realize I was I was just training him, doing what I thought was right, and it ended up being perfect. But what I would do is it was a lot of fence rows. And in those fence rows, the deer only have about 75 yards, you know, from yeah. one field to the next. And then you had a fence row and it had hardwood on it. And so what I would do is I'd send Chetta and Fancy. I was hunting Fancy with him at the time. And I'd send them straight down that fence row. And as I sent them down that fence row, buddy, you'd see deer just going boing, 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 yeah. <laughs> jumping out. But what I would do is if they ever turned their head and looked at one, I'd tell them. Yeah, because those dogs knew that if they ever, if I ever, ever had to shock them, it was because they were in severe danger or they weren't listening. Yeah. And I needed them right then and they weren't listening. So they knew if I hit that tone and then they got that vibrate, the vibrate after the vibrate, it got hot, you know, yeah. and I naturally broke those two. And to this day, Tanner Mooney now has fancy. And uh, to this day, she has never trashed ever. I do think that a lot of that's genetics, but I know, I know it is. I yeah. It is. I, I do feel like most of it's genetics. And I mean, some people will argue that it's not, but it is what it is. I believe it is genetics because I, I've seen it with my own eyes and I've hunted now, that, horse dogs. The possum thing with these females I'm telling you about, it's daughter, granddaughter, great granddaughter. It's, I mean, it just keeps on, you know, going down right? The, the, uh, from all the way back from like poison and poison was a good, uh, uh, out of this world coon dog. That was another one that ran Fox young. And, yeah. and I did, did the old Fox scent with, with a shocking collar and that one time, but man, she was, she was a 10, 10 year old dog trained possum still, you know, she just, yeah. you know, she, I never, I never broke her ever. And, yeah. and she knew when she was in a hunt, when, if you took her pleasure hunting and people will say BS, the dog, no, no I'm telling they you, that know. Dog, you take that dog pleasure hunting. She will not tree a possum. She will not, but you take her to a hunt. I drove autumn oaks four hours, drove down, signed the dog up, go to the woods, satellite club hour away to the woods, turned her loose. First and first in the first five minutes, walk in, scratch, turn around, driving five hours home. Oh, yeah. she had a smile. <laughs> oh, no. Yes, sir. Yep. Oh, God. Every time you got in a hunt, I just didn't even want to take her to hunts anymore because it, it, even in the PKC, I'd be winning. And, you know, my buddy's like, why'd you even treat her? I said, I don't know. She treated. I just treated all one of the trees. I don't know. We go in, possum. Yeah. I lost. I think. 200 miles there you here i just handed you the cat yeah. i mean just over and over and over again with that dog would drive me nuts wade morton had a dog it was a blue tick and uh every now and again he'd get me to handling and he'd tree a possum i just will not hunt a dog that'll tree a possum i will not well yeah. it was a state hunt i didn't have nothing to hunt he said he was treating a lot of raccoon he was treating a lot of raccoon and was doing good and i was like well, you know what i might as well hunt him in it let me tell you something. I put a working on them boys for an hour and a half. They weren't, I mean, wasn't even close. State hunt, I was looking and grinning because I yeah, knew sorry. I just won the hunt. And I said, uh-huh. 
Uh-huh. And about that time, that sorry rascal located, and I had way too much time in the hunt left. And he located, and I had the tree. Walked in there, and he had a possum. Yes, sir. I you're out your way back to the truck. <laughs> <laughs> so are you talking about it? I, I was glad I didn't own that dog. Yeah. yeah. I, I told Mr. Wade, I said, Mr. Wade, I love you, but I will never hunt this dog again, and I never hunted him again. Yeah. <laughs> I can't handle a dog like that, bud. Yeah. Oh, I just can't. It would drive no. you out of this world. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll go hunt Lady now. Now, Lady hasn't treated a, a possum, and she's six. That She was probably two then. It's been years. Uh, it'll happen. Well, now I know when she does it because they have a sound she'll, she'll do it she'll tree one and then she'll tell me because i'll get about 50 yards from her and she comes out to me uh -huh. and she won't she won't take me back into that tree because she knows and I, I, I'm, <laughs> yeah and i know what you just did you know <laughs> so, <laughs> they're a lot smarter we give them yeah, oh yeah they really yeah. are they really are. What is something? So now you competition hunt quite a bit, you know, and yeah, and I have to over the years. What what is some of the biggest mistakes, handling mistakes you see handlers making? <sighs> and this isn't the pick on nobody. This is just an overall view on what you need to be paying attention to if you're an up and comer coming into the sport. Wait till that dog turns it over. Wait till he turns it over. You got these guys. It, it, it's so easy. To dog, dog. These dogs nowadays have them big old, oh, you know, and it's easy just to trim them. Wait, seventy five plus is burning twenty five or hundred minus, you know. It, Any day it, of the week. So, yeah. So just wait. Just wait a minute. Let the dog turn it over. Um, My buddy Tanner come down here. He hunted with me, and he had fancy. He had her tuned up pretty good, you know. And uh, Chetta, Chetta was tuned up. We cut him. They went in there, and Chetta, Chetta what Chet does, he really drifts drift the track hard, and he'll yeah. locate and really blow up on trees. And what he's trying to do is get rid of that other dog. And he hates hunting with dogs. He just wants nothing to do with them. And so he'll blow up, blow up, blow up. And Tanner looked at me, and, I mean, his eyes were that big around. He said, brother. He said, I don't know how you call that dog. <laughs> yeah. He said, I had to treat him like six times. Yeah. <laughs> he said, my gosh. I said, if you'll listen, I said, I can tell you when he's right. And he said, how's that? Yes, I said, he's got a squeal. Yes, sir. When, and he'd locate, squeal, locate, squeal. I said, when you hear that squeal, he's not right. I said, but if he ever rolls it over and it's, oh, and it's pure, you can train, brother. It's lights out. Yep. And that exactly. is a big truth. My daddy told me a long time ago. My dad, he said, if you really want to get good at handling, you find you a good tree, you cut your dog loose, and you lean up against the tree, and you listen. You listen to the dog. That's it. Just shut up, listen. He said, let everybody strike in. You listen to your dog. Quit worrying about everybody else out there. Mm -hmm. That's good advice for like a young, like a young kid. What I always thought for like a young kid, you know, when I was a young kid is you just sit there and listen to your dog and call your dog. Don't tree because, you know, somebody else's dog comes in there and blows up on a tree and, and yours is close to it. Don't just tree, you know, because cause they did. Wait until your dog trees. Take, you know, 
just just slow down and, and just listen to your own dog. That's right. Forget about the score. Forget about you know how much time's left in the hunt. There are times for that. Yeah. You know, thirty seconds left in the hunt, and you go you don't have a poker or prayer, and your dog throws out a wall and locate. You know, I'm calling. If, we if all I, swing you know. and miss, buddy. Sometimes right, that right, swing and miss, you knock it out of the park. That's it happened. It's it has happened. I wish I would have done yeah. it in the Little Mountain Music Hunt. I had I had about fifteen seconds left, and Jacks, like you just said about Cheddar, he's got. There's two different locates. There's the locate that he's going to check and possibly leave, and there's the locate that I'm not going anywhere. There's a different. Nobody else knows it but me. But there's That's a difference right. in the bark. There's a difference in the bark, and I had to cast one. I think like four fifty or something, and. Paul Cronar said to me, you know, Bobby, if that dog trees this, he, you know, Jackson's on a, or a raccoon track and, and Paul Cronar says, you know, if he trees that one, you're going to win, the, you're going to win the little mountain music hunt. I'm thought, you know, I had to cast unless I took minus. If I take a hundred and a quarter minus, I lose the cast. So he locates 15 seconds in the hunt. He locates and he locates again. And I, and I didn't take the, the chance. Hunt timer goes off and he locates again and he starts chopping. Oh, oh. yeah! And uh, I got third place instead of first. Oh, I wish I, I wish I would have gambled at the end of it. Like when you look back, it's like, man, I wish I gambled on that one. But I know if I would have, he'd have left. You yeah. know, he'd have yeah. packed his bags and, and moved on. So let me tell you, man, it, it's been an honor talking to you. Uh, yes, you, sir. You, you have a lot to offer to this sport with your charisma, your attitude. Um, Bob, I'm telling you, you're a good man. Uh, I'm Thank glad you. glad and honored for you to have one of our hounds and to see you having so much success. It, yeah, I'm, I'm taking him tonight. He's PKC in the night. We're, uh, the guys are waiting on me outside. Let's we get him. Yeah, we got a four-dog cast going tonight. They're outside waiting. We're going to go. So. Well, y'all en hey. enjoy the hunt, Mr. Bob, and I appreciate you. Bob Adams, folks. I'm Jason Wayne Hunter from Hunter's Wheelhouse. Anything you got to say, Mr. Bob? Yes, sir. I just want to say thank you to you for uh, for bringing me on. I had a, a lot of fun. I was nervous. I, I didn't know <laughs> what to expect. I watch your videos. I enjoy watching you. Uh Tell your dad. Your dad's become, I respect the hell out of that man. He's a friend of mine now. Uh, keep doing what you're doing with your dogs and your and your show here. It, it's it's pretty cool. Well, I thank you, and it really means a lot to me. And I'm telling you, my dad will be listening. <laughs> He'll yes, be smiling, brother. <laughs> so thank you so much, Mr. Bob. It's been a blessing talking to you. And stay blessed and take care. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right. Yes, sir. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is your host, Jason Wayne Hunter. Thank you for watching another episode of Hunter's Wheelhouse. It means the world to me. We're over 5,000 likes now on Facebook. If it wasn't for you, none of this stuff could ever happen. Thank you so much. Do me a favor. Hit the like, share, subscribe button. Drop me a comment below. If you're on Facebook, hit a follow for me. Every follow adds up, folks. Like I said, if it wasn't for you, it would never happen. God bless. Take care. Huh?